Funhouse. Welcome, welcome, welcome to season three, episode six of the Funhouse Family Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Taves. On today's show, we talk to game enthusiast and Killer Queen tournament expert and coordinator, Paul Thomas. We talk all about the arcade game popular in bars, Killer Queen. So why don't you stick around and don't be an old man with a shirt that says two-seater with arrows pointing up and down. Just don't do that. It's gross. It's creepy. Please join us. Is that my saying this correctly? Stag and Hendu. Hendu. Yeah, what are yeah, those? Yeah, uh, Bachelor and Bachelorette Party. Okay. Um, so I, I'm not really sure why we call them that. Um, I, it's probably got something to do with like ancient traditions or something, you know. It's yeah. like uh, there's all sorts of, you know, magic that sort of exists <laughs> contemporaneously from like that's just like holdovers from like uh, pagan times or whatever. But uh, yeah, a stag do is a bachelor party and a hen Hindu is a bachelorette party. That's it. And what? And what did your? What? What was the intersection with like your your parents? Your mom <laughs> said she, she yes, worked on. The- yes, my mom used to bake cakes. Um, and she would do. She was like a good like cake designer. She uh, was very good at like making shapes and then mm-hmm. using like heavy frosting to like make like cartoon characters or like movie characters at oh, the time. Gotcha. Uh, but the reason why I brought that one up because it's like it's it's kind of a funny fact looking back. Yeah. Um, but she used to make like more salacious cakes as well. So oh, they gotcha. would be like you a little know, raunchy, very, very raunchy. <laughs> yeah. They would, so like I, I grew up like, uh, from when I was like eight years old and stuff with like lots of just like penises, like in my house. Just, <laughs> um, They're just normal. Yeah. It was kind of just normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it gave me a healthy outlook. So, you know, sure, I'm not yeah. going to complain about it. Yeah. I think, yeah. A, I think it's a good thing generally, but destigmatize a little bit of uh, yeah. sexuality. Yeah. 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 Get rid of that shame. Yeah, when you're working class, it kind of happens that way. Right. Um, <laughs> so speaking of which, I, I um, the question I usually start uh, folks with um, is uh, for people who don't know you, mm-hmm. uh, can you give us a brief or however long history of who you are? So tackle that question however you want. Um, okay. Well, I it's I guess uh, I'm going to be slightly different from a lot of people you interview. Um, I'm English originally, you might be able to tell, mm-hmm. um, but I moved to Chicago in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, it was a semi-sham marriage, I would say. Uh, it was a real relationship, but you know, we married for the visa basically. Oh, gotcha. Um, broke up four years after that, you know, stuck around Chicago for a while. Um, and then I moved to Seattle with, uh, with my girlfriend, Christine, um, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, who's a, uh, fellow at, um, University of Washington. She, she's like a kidney doctor. Yeah. Um, so, so that's like the, I guess the broadest possible outline. Um, otherwise, who am I? Good question. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a classic art history student, okay. you know, like that's yeah. what I did at university. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll talk to you about cultural theory all you want, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't really impact uh, like professional life or anything like that. Uh, sure. I, work, I work for Nordstrom on the floor. Oh, gotcha. uh, someone recently called me professional dandy, and I'm uh, I'm taking I'm taking that one all the way yeah, to the bank. Yeah, you're I gonna like own it. I like that description <laughs> a lot. So yeah, um, and you know, I play a lot of games. Yeah, that's why I'm here today, I guess. Yeah, uh, would you can would you say you're a gamer? 
um, in, in a broader definition than like is usually used because gaming usually just means like video games right sure um, but I'm also like very much like a tabletop gamer as oh, well oh gotcha yeah like uh, since I moved here I've been starting to break into Dungeons and Dragons you right know? so yeah, I'm like yeah. a DM I'm going to set up a DM campaign nice um, for some of the Killer Queen players yeah uh, which hopefully will start next Thursday uh, hopefully yeah or, or pretty soon anyway yeah um, and, and yeah I also play like a lot of other games so um so i just want to go back a little bit um go back in time a little bit can you uh speak a little bit about your upbringing like what what were you like as a kid um kind of kind of quiet um you know i was the third of four brothers mm-hmm. which yeah, gets gets get a little bit rowdy sometimes you know there's like there's lots of competition between boys you right know? yeah um yeah. Uh, the household that I grew in was like very supportive, but it was also like it was working class. So yeah. um, there was a lot of times that like we were kind of like left on our own to be like a little bit independent. You know, sure. both my parents working a lot. Right. Um, you know, it's it's one of those areas as well. Like I grew up in a seaside town, so like my entire extended family was around. So mm-hmm. we would uh, have people like fa- other family members would come in and like help babysit or whatever but for the most part we like were allowed to be independent yeah um growing up i was very much the prototypical english boy uh <laughs> ruddy cheeked yeah, uh, yeah. bright eyed playing uh our football all the time yeah um so i got to run around a lot but i was also um i was also i was also a reader i would say like yeah. uh as opposed to like other kids like i was definitely like into reading a lot more um what um what what uh, what part of uh, England did you grow up in? So I'm from. Uh, people ask me the question I always get is like, uh, "Are you from London?" And I'm like, yeah. "No, actually." Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm yeah. actually from the furthest. Uh, so the furthest city north of London before you hit mm-hmm. Scotland is Newcastle, mm-hmm. and I grew up north of Newcastle. Okay. So from the northeast, very small seaside town called Whitby Bay. Okay. Um, not really famous for much, honestly. Uh, yeah. There's there's a lighthouse. Which is wonderful, actually. Yeah. Very rugged and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, there's a band called the Lighthouse Family who mm-hmm. were from there and named themselves after the lighthouse. That's our claim to fame. Makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, one of one of those places in England. Like, um, so it's it's really funny because like my girlfriend's from Miami, and mm-hmm. uh, so we both grew up by the beach. But okay. like in terms of how the beaches present themselves, like so different. Right. You know, Miami, you get like the pristine, crystalline waters sure. and like the beautiful sands. And in England, you get rocks. Yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. rocks and rocks and rocks and the waves that crash against them. Yeah. The kind of place that you go to and you sit down and you have like a good think about who you are. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. That like existential. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, it's absolutely one of those uh, places. Rocks yeah. equal, equals existential thoughts. You talked a little bit about your uh, parents. You said that, you know, you grew up working class and they um, were out uh, supporting your family. Um, mm-hmm. What was your relationship like with your parents? Oh, um, very healthy. Good. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I feel like um, every, every, everything that, you know, I learned about, like, how to be good to people and, like, how yeah. uh, one should, like, be accepting and, like, try to uh, help people out rather than, like, push them down or anything. Sure. Like, I, I learned from my parents for sure. Like, they're wonderful people. 
Um, and they also know how to party, so. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, if they're making penis cakes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom was my mom was also like a regional champion darts player. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm actually I, I'm quite good at the game, and I always say I, I get it from her. You know, it's in my blood. Yeah. So 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 you feel like um, because you mentioned that you know coming in a, a, a coming from a family with a lot of siblings, mm-hmm. um, there was a competitive edge. Do you think that? Um, kind of speaks to why maybe you are into gaming now. I think I think that does actually help. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's like it's also like the way boys are brought up. You know? Yeah. And it's like it's it's becoming different now, and thank God, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know, but like there's still like I definitely grew up at a time where like we would go out and mm-hmm. like we would gather up as like neighborhood kids and it wasn't like we were only the boys it were like the right. girls would play as well mm-hmm. but we would play games and the object of the games would be to win right you know and i feel like um i feel like most people have that they have like some sort of competitive sense in them like most sure. people like when you put them in a gaming situation and tell them the rules and stuff and tell them you're competing against this person they're going to try to win yeah it's uh the the difference is in like competitiveness then come with the people who will do anything they can to win mm-hmm. and like work really hard to make themselves better gotcha. versus um, someone like I, I'm sort of in the mode right now where like I'm pretty competitive, but I also like mostly just want the competition to be good. Yeah. You know, so I want to win, but if I do really well and have a, a close encounter, but then still lose, like I'm going to be happy enough with that. And it, it feels like... What you described is um, those ideas kind of influence the type of communities that are brought around those specific games. I as think well. so. I yeah. think absolutely so. Yeah. Um, and I and I want to get into that when we when we start talking about Killer Queen. Yes. yes. Um, but uh, you you said you uh, you studied art history in school. Can can yes. you speak a little bit about your educational background and how's how does that uh, um, influence maybe some of the gaming stuff or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just totally separate worlds. So. Um. Yeah, I'm not really sure it does that much. Aside, <laughs> yeah, yeah. aside from aside from like my love of narrativizing everything, mm-hmm. perhaps like might come from like that kind of thing. So I actually um, I studied. Um, so I I mentioned this, but like uh, for people who don't know, the English education system is different to the American. Yeah, one, absolutely. As, as um, we don't uh, do high school 16 to 18. High school yeah. finishes at 16, mm-hmm. and then you go on to college, which is just two years from like 16 to 18 where you like drastically trim down the number of subjects you do. So when I was in college, I did like uh, psychology, English lit, um, mm-hmm. and then like uh, film studies and yeah. something else I'm forgetting too long ago, I guess. Um, and then after that, you go into university. And yeah. at university, you don't do the whole um, major minor system. You yeah, don't yeah. study a lot of different things. Like you just do one course and right. you study all of the things like in that course. So yeah. I did, uh, my course was called the History of Art, History of Modern Art, Design and Film. Okay. Um, so like my background in terms of studying is very much based on like art theory um, and like cinema theory, I was never that good at design. I was good enough, I guess. Yeah. I could talk a little bit about architecture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got a little bit of a, it sounds like a buffet of all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And you, but like I tended to go for the courses that were like um, uh, discussions about like the body mm-hmm. in art or like uh, like national identity in cinema. Like I wrote my dissertation on the idea of like national identity right. um, in black British cinema, which is a pretty interesting topic. Sure. 
Um, do you do you feel like any of those studies intersect with any of the the gaming that you do or any of the communities that you're a part of? Or is it pretty separate? I know I asked I that really, earlier, I, th- like, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I really don't think so at all, honestly. Yeah. I, th- I think it's actually something I'm probably lacking in my life. Sure. Is uh, outlets for that sort of discussion. I mean, there are a few people that I know who I yeah. can, like, talk to about these things. But, like, it's really not something that's, like, like, gaming is just, like, different. And most of the people in the gaming communities, they tend towards, like, more techie, yeah. more, like, scientific. Yeah. Well, especially in the city, for sure. Well, in, in Seattle. Seattle, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so... What was the um, why Chicago? Why did you move to Chicago? You said it was because of marriage. As yeah, well, but like, was 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 there something to do with the education that you were part of, or was... mm, nope. nope? I did all my study in England. Um, okay. So we just moved to Chicago because uh, my my ex's uh, sister was there. Okay. Um, and she put us up. Gotcha. And it's a wonderful city, so it was yeah. a good choice. In the I end. would love to go at some some oh, sometime. It's it's. it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 they've got a great theater and improv scene. Oh, yeah, there. I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of people in Killick, Chicago who are like uh, part of that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about this earlier, but um, talked about like how you, why and how you got involved in gaming. But mm-hmm. is there like a specific moment that you remember from maybe childhood or earlier on where you were like, oh, this is like, this is really for me? Like, no, I don't think really, so. Okay. I think it was, um, it's more ubiquity, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like um, when I grew up, so um, I mentioned this, like, like we, I grew up in like a sort of tight-knit community, you yeah. know? It's like we, every, all the kids like went out and played, you know? It was one of the, it was those times it was like, I'm not going to like idealize or anything, but like sure. you would go and you would just knock on your friend's door and then like they would let you in and stuff. Yeah. Because there weren't phones. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> right, were, right. Like, yeah. Landlines, but not like mobile phones. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so my friend down the street had a Super Nintendo. Uh, my family had a Sega Mega Drive, which yeah. y'all would know is the Genesis. Genesis, yeah, you were mentioning yeah. that. Why, yes. why the difference in name? I looked it up. Yeah. Um, the Mega Drive uh, clashed with a um, intellectual property here. Oh, So in North America, okay. it's known as Genesis, but mm-hmm. it's actually supposed to be the Mega Drive. Gotcha. Um, so I thought it was kind of the other way around, actually. Favorite games would you like to play? Uh, growing up, um, yeah. I did a lot of Street Fighter 2, for sure. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I was actually very good at that, and now I'm really bad. Yeah. Uh, which is weird. I always like those like um, fighting games, like yes. Soul Calibur or Tekken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of fight sticks at home, and I always tell myself I'm going to get good at them, but it's really, really hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't have any skill with it. I just yes. literally just push, like, smash the buttons. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, people, but people like really do the, like, they know the moves and yeah. the combos. And, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I watch um, Street Fighter tournaments and the level of play is yeah. insane. Yeah, it takes um, a certain skill set. Yeah, button mashing is cathartic. Um, so how did you get involved with uh, Killer Queen? So um, I was like one of the first, actually. Yeah. Um, or the first, like Chicago. So the game was born in New York. It was born in NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so the first cabs first like tournaments and stuff would have been like in new york university yeah uh, but the first public cab was chicago logan arcade and this was a bar that um i had started to go to around about the time it came out like mm-hmm. very recently like it hadn't it actually uh it used to be like um an arcade like in the back of a record store okay and then they bought up space sure and then moved the record store and then made like the the arcade into like a full-time barcade mm-hmm. and uh james espy the owner has like an amazing collection these just like collected like so many good pinball machines and then we had like uh, at the time james Barron used to work there 
he moved away and we were so sad because he was like a genius tech who mm. would like fix everything and make sure it was all working okay. Right, yeah. Um, and then so I think, I think at the time when it happened, like um, I was losing like a lot of friends, you know? Okay. Um, I'd been in Chicago then for six years. This was like in 2014. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those times where it happens a lot where I'm just like, uh, maybe it's time to like go home, you know? Yeah. I'm thinking like going back to England and stuff. And sure. then, but... But I would go out and I would play pinball by myself mostly, mm-hmm. uh, with like and like a couple of other friends maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But then I remember seeing uh, a Facebook post one time from Logan Arcade that was describing this game and the way they described it, I can't remember exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But my idea of it that when I read it, because it was like this guy was talking about like how um they needed to get all the berries in and then like he hid away in the queen and stuff and i yeah, was like oh yeah. cool so you can like hide in the map and so you can't hide in the map yeah like, no, everyone no, can no, see you where can't. you are <laughs> you but like so i had this idea that you could do that and i yeah. was like this sounds really really great sure know? so then i just like went one day and uh, got on the cab and was like because it was like just starting like mm. i was quite good at it you yeah. know um it's much harder to be good <laughs> right. at the beginning of a cab nowadays yeah. but um and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then I just kind of just like kept on going. Um, so I would have first played in August 2014. It got to Logan Arcade in July 2014. Um, I didn't join in in any of the uh, actual tournaments that they had until October, which was uh, the third Killer Queen tournament. <laughs> um, and uh, we got runners up. Yeah, uh, I was on a pickup team with uh, with a few people who. Um, I guess three of whom I'd met and I hadn't actually met like the queen player Andrew sure. who then like became like my best friend and roommate like sure, afterwards yeah. both of us nearly didn't make it that day yeah yeah him because like I don't know he was like too hungover or something <laughs> um, and like, and, like he got goes. he got kicked he got kicked out of bed by Megan <laughs> <laughs> Megan's dads had to kick him out of bed and say come on we're playing in a tournament today <laughs> and he was like oh fine we whatever. got shit to do <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Um, and she was on the winning team, so she was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I had, I, I had, the night before I had gone to see the Coat Hangers play live, and if you know the Coat Hangers, yeah, so great band, great band. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was at the front of the stage, just whack, 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 whack mm. in the stage. You yeah, know, it was yeah. A good time. Mm-hmm. Hands hurt like hell. Yeah. Couldn't high five that the entire oh, day. And gotcha. So, so both of us were like feeling it. Yeah. But we, yeah, we finished runners up, and then became like real tight friends because of it, and really. Um, it was like his friendship mostly, mm-hmm. um, and then like some other people like Kenny and Megan, mm-hmm. who like uh, kept me wanting to come back, you know. Right. And then like uh, and then like people like Espaza and George would come up as well, and like I'm reeling off names that you have no idea, but like. No, no, that's. I mean, <laughs> for you know those Killer Queen folks out there, when they listen yes, to this, they'll yes, be like, exactly. "Hey, a shout out!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, and then I uh, to give like two more, like I brought. Um, the two friends who would actually stick around, I brought like a Helm and Poe into the scene. Yeah. And, uh, and those were like two of like my favorite people at that time. And then mm-hmm. like they came and played as well. And like Helen now is like, you know, certified monster, like one of the most famous players in the national scene. So, wow. So I take responsibility for that one. <laughs> no, um, it's, it's, all, it's all her though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you talked about, you used the terminology, a cab. Can you yes. clarify what that means? So a cab is actually two cabs. Um, okay. So like an arcade cabinet is, of course, like... Oh, got it. That makes you sense. You know, right. like yeah. wiring, joysticks, and then like a screen to look at it. Right. Uh, so that's like one cab, and like you'll see it like... The unit a... of the, where the game is. Right, right. exactly, okay. exactly. And you'll see like a fighting game, like you'll have like maybe like two spots for people to play at. Some games, like mm-hmm. people like always talk about the X-Men, you know, like the six-player one. Gotcha. There's lots of spots right there. But Killer Queen is actually 
uh, two different cabs because, of course, it's two different teams. Right. So one side is blue, and it's a blue cab, and it has, like, five positions for people to play on. Okay. And then gold side has another five positions to play on. So they're right next to each other. But we just call them a cab, gotcha. even though technically it's two cabs. So um, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit. I want to get into the gameplay and Absolutely. the premise of the game. So uh, we'll take a short break. Cool. The Funhouse family loves the Woods Tasting Room because it's a cool place that has options for all of our tastes. They have beer. They have cider. They have seltzer. You can bring your dog. <laughs> What's better than that? Join us at the Woods Tasting Room where cider lovers, beer lovers, and... <clears throat> Seltzer lovers can come together to satisfy their thirst without sacrificing their preferences. For more information, visit SeattleCiderCompany.com or follow Seattle Cider Company on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Seattle Cider Co. You can also follow Two Beers Brewing on social media at Two Beers Brewing. So, Paul, for listeners who are not gamers, can you describe the premise and the gameplay of Killer Queen? Absolutely. So, Killer Queen is a 5v5 local multiplayer game. So, there are two teams who fight against each other uh, in an attempt to win on one of three different victory conditions. Mm -hmm. um, the first condition, I guess, I guess we don't need to say first or anything, but one condition is a military thing whereby mm -hmm. if you can uh, kill the opposition queen three times, you win the game. Yeah. Um, there's an economic condition, which is kind of like a resource gathering right. thing. There's like resources on the map. We call them berries. They're right. like sort of purple circles. Mm -hmm. And if you um, take one of these smaller positions, like the drone players, mm -hmm. you run into them, the berry goes in your back, and you ferry them into a, a square in the map, and then you right. fill them into 12 different holes. Yeah. And then there's a snail, which exists as kind of a tug of war. Yeah. Whereby um, the drone players can jump on it and ride it. And they try to get it into a net on the side of the screen. But then the other team can kill that drone and then take it back and have their gotcha. player drag it as well. So that's yeah. why we call it tug of war, because like you can go backwards and forwards like that. Mm -hmm. Um the positions are important because uh, the queen player is at the central and she's the powerful figure on the map and the one who kind of dictates the tempo of the play. Yeah. Um, because the queens are the ones, are the only ones who start with the ability to kill. Mm -hmm. um, there are chances for the drone players to become warriors and then they get the uh, opportunity to kill gotcha uh, but they have to do that the berries that are used to win economic are also used for power-ups and there are two different power-ups on the map one of them is a speed gate which increases the speed of the player by 35 percent mm -hmm. and the other one is a warrior gate um, which makes them bigger and gives them wings and a sword yeah um, after that, uh, the, when you become warrior, when you're queen, the game sort of exists with a, um, if anyone's played joust, it's kind of like that. Yeah. A more, um, recognizable, uh, 
Coral, though, would be um, Underwater Mario. Okay. Like, it uses, like, the same, like, fast button press mechanic to rise and fall. Yes. And then uh, attacking, like, striking the opposition player happens automatically. Like, you land on top of them or behind Mm -hmm. them, sword comes out, bam, they're dead. Right. Um, As a drone player, uh, it's more of a platformer. Mm-hmm. Like you jump around, you have like one button press. If you press it higher, you jump higher. Right. Um, if you actually jump on different parts of the map, if you jump at the highest part of the map, it makes a higher sound than when you do at the bottom part of the map, yes. which isn't really integral to gameplay, but it's mm-hmm. a really nice little feature. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so the queens, um, like I said, they're vulnerable because they only have three lives. But a queen can never really just like stay passive, even right. when they're almost dying, yeah. because the power up gates exist as a kind of like capture the flag mm-hmm. uh, uh, format. So one queen dives onto or touches one of the power up gates, it changes into their color, mm-hmm. and then only their team can use it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if a queen just goes and hides away, uh, thinking like, well, we can just try win on berries or something, then the other team will just like take all of the gates and then have them be on their side and then the other queen will have to come in and start having to like dive and like try and make things happen sure so it's kind of a game which prioritizes um a couple of things uh heavy communication between its players Mm -hmm. and um kind of like adaptive strategies Mm -hmm. you know because you might get shut out of the economic game right um, and then, like, focus your attention on Snell. And if a team, the frequent, the most interesting games are always when it's um, one team's running, like, a Snell objective mm-hmm. and the other team's running, like, a Barry objective. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because usually what happens is that, like, the team that's running Barry's will use, like, a 2-2 formation. They'll use two warriors and two drones. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just try to get those Barry's in as quickly as possible. Whereas for the other team, of course, because they oh, only need one drone to ride the snail, they can get like an extra warrior up and then they try to use that to like press their advantage across the map. Mm-hmm. So it becomes kind of like a um, imbalance, which is like very interesting. And the best teams will um, constantly be like switching around if they have to. They'll be able to like run both of those strategies like effectively. Right. It sounds like a lot of, um, I think from, from my experience playing the game, um, it's a lot of what I get a lot of joy out of is the problem solving. Yes. Like, okay, this strategy is not working. We need to now communicate and adjust how we're going to uh, win this specific yeah, game. Yeah, absolutely. And and a large part of that happens when you do, um, uh, when the queen gets the last life. Right. It becomes like a specific problem because mm-hmm. then it's like you're entirely vulnerable because if you slip up once, like you've lost the game for your team, um, but you also can't, not go in and do things because if you right. do that, the other team starts to dominate yeah so that's like a, that's like a micro problem that just like impacts like everything for sure and and something i noticed when i when i started playing is like is starting to you know for beginning players people who are you know yeah at the beginning phase uh they start as like berry pickers and yeah. then there are people who like are a little bit more advanced or intermediate they become the 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 queens, or that that seems to be the the like kind of pseudo hierarchy. I've noticed. With, the, with, yeah, uh, the progression is levels. usually from like uh, you start off running either berries or snail. Mm-hmm. You learn that you learn how to platform correctly. Right. Uh, some people can do it immediately because they play platformers. You know. Sure. Some people are just really really bad at platforming, and yeah. it's, it's it's kind of funny. 
Uh, <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't laugh because it's like people grow up differently. You know, they don't learn sure. how to platform. Yeah. Um, but like any- anybody who's like played like a classic mm-hmm. Mario should be able to like right. play the game exactly. pretty well, like immediately because yeah. it's it's just one button and one joystick. Right. It's pretty simple in that way. Yeah. Exactly. Like the mechanics are I, the mechanics are simple enough to. Uh, enter into it like immediately sure but they're just complicated enough to like uh encourage recidivism you know it's mm-hmm. like you learn a bit more like there are certain moves within the game mm-hmm. that you don't really know until like you've done them mm-hmm. um and like we have like a lot of terms like the stick or the drip or right. like the j dive mm-hmm. or the new york j um <laughs> that's a good reference um and and those things are things that people um you once you start to become into the game more and like you sort of learn how uh, hovering that's what we call flying obviously hovering right. uh works and then how like uh impacts work yeah um and then you and then once you get really good you can do the gab or the mm-hmm. or the stinch <laughs> yeah i i always have a tr- i always have trouble because it is a game like everything you described i mean to the listener they might be thinking like it's very overstimulating in a way and it requires mm. a lot of focus and something i struggle with is like where's 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 my person <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know if that's like and that might be my experience level but i i just sometimes find I'm like okay where's my guy like i gotta fit you know yeah I'm, I'm, yeah well once once you play a lot like you know where you respawn you know where right. the jumps take you exactly and so then you stop doing that mm-hmm. until you start to overthink everything like i've actually sure. i've lost myself i still lose myself sometimes yeah uh, no, never when I'm playing Queen because I'm mm-hmm. honing in on that. Right, like, I right. Have to hone in on that. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm playing like a drone or a warrior or something, if mm-hmm. I'm just if I'm just a drone for a second, I'll look around the map. I'll be like, okay, what's going on? Right. And then I'll look back and I'll be like, wait, what happened to me? Yeah. You know, because you have a team, because you have a, like um, drones can't kill other drones, right? But they can bump them away, right? And hit them out of their position. Sure. So, like there, there are definitely times still nowadays when I'm I'm trying to like form warrior, mm-hmm. and like I look away to see what I should do next, mm-hmm. and then I turn around and I'm not warrior. Yeah. Because someone's just come and hit me out of the gate. And I'm right. Like, Where am I? It's a lot of juggling. It yeah. feels like you kind of have to be, you, you, you really have to be alert. Yeah, um, yeah. This is why, um, like, recently, so you, you talk about the hierarchy, and hierarchy is, like, an interesting topic because sure. um, we often do and always have put, like, newer players, like, onto the drone position. Mm-hmm. Um, but the drone position at the highest level is actually, like, one of the most important in the game. Right. Because a good drone uh, will communicate everything that's happening on the map, mm-hmm. you know, because they have like the good vantage point where like they aren't in that in that much danger of dying. Yeah. Because like if they do, it's sense. a waste of time. But drones have like infinite respawn, mm-hmm. so if they die, it's like oh I died, you know, whatever, cool. Mm-hmm. I'll just go get the berry again and try this <laughs> next time. Yeah, yeah. So 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 good drones have started to like look at that and be like, well, okay, well I've got the time to like look around the map and tell everybody what's happening at every single point. Mm-hmm. So really, like once. It gets once the game gets like more challenging and when you get to like play against high teams and stuff you'll find out that like no position is like wasted sure there's no room to just be like okay this person's not very good let's put them on drone everyone has to pull their weight it exactly. feels like in this exactly. game and work yeah, together yeah. as a team to communicate yeah yeah also also it's just rude like you know yeah let your, let your new person warrior they want to have fun yeah yeah <laughs> it, it is a game at the end of yeah, the day exactly, exactly. um so did you create and start the the facebook group in seattle no, no okay it already existed by the time i got okay to gotcha and and uh and and what is your role i guess in the community do you do you see yourself as like a coordinator like how, 
Yeah, well, like, can you clarify your role in the killer Seattle um, killer community? <laughs> we actually we have a term for this. Um, I didn't invent it, and it's not like Seattle specific, but nationally, uh, I'm what's known as a scene mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which a scene mom? Scene mom oh. is what we get. Yeah, we have like a Facebook chat that's called. It feels scene endearing. Moms. It's, it's a term very, of endearment. It's very yeah. endearing. I think it started with Ben Mills in mm-hmm. Portland. Like uh, Portland used to call him mom, mm-hmm. and he used to call Scott Allen dad. Yeah. Um, but he says, cause he's actually your dad. Yeah. Uh, but he, he was called mom because he would like look after all of the people, gotcha. you know? Um, and so it was a great nickname. So then I, th- I think it might've been then it might've started somewhere else. Like don't quote me on that entirely. Yeah. But basically it's like the scene mom is the one who kind of like organizes everything. So, sure. so, um, in, in my role, I'm, I'm more of like the like tournament planner, I guess, okay. so, like event planner. Yeah. Um, Tress is more the coordinator. She's much better than I am. Okay. You know, she's yeah. much better at like wrangling or making sure, sure all the pieces sure. go into the right places. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't make the Facebook group. I did uh, create the tournament structure for Seattle. Though. Okay. Um, pure marketing, basically. Gotcha. But that's like the thing that I brought from Chicago was like a knowledge of like how tournaments run and how the, what they offer to Got the scene, uh, scene as a whole. Um, so when I first got here, there were like some tournaments. We tried like a league thing that mm-hmm. like a weekly league, kind of like a bowling league, I guess. Yeah. It didn't quite work out that well. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year, um, I started something called the Seattle Open Series mm-hmm. because I wanted to like, people love initialisms and acronyms, you know, yeah. you, you got, you got to get that out. So yeah. it's the SOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we ran like five very successful ones last year, mm-hmm. uh, running one today, actually. Oh, great. <laughs> um, after this, I'm going up to uh, Coindexes to, uh, to run our next tournament. Good. Um, and then, so we also, cr- I also did something called like the Mixtape Series, which mm-hmm. was like our like uh, draft, like mix the tournaments where it's like you don't have like set teams. It's like mm-hmm. a little bit more fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also uh, came up, I was also like pretty insistent that um, we should dip our toes into like the national pool. Like every single national scene mm-hmm. basically gets to run like one tournament that they deem the major right. for the year. Right. Uh, so it's stuff like um, San Francisco has, um, they have a tournament around GDC, like mm-hmm. uh, the Game Developers Conference. Right. I think their GDC stands for Get Drunk Clash. <laughs> um, which explains a lot Sounds about fun. how Killer Dream works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's like other things like um, Chicago um, always just like did like numbers, number tournaments. Yeah. And um, somehow like the multiples of five mm-hmm. uh, sort of accidentally became like sort of legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so like every time it's a Chicago five, mm-hmm. it's like that big June tournament. And that's like one of the biggest ones on the calendar. New York has like the Brooklyn Coronation. Wow. Portland has uh, Camp KQ. Yeah. Minnesota Gate Fair. There are a bunch more that I'm not going to list because I could be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you already started to talk about this with the different tournaments you um, you, you described, but um, can you just kind of describe the Seattle Killer Queen community? You, you described that there's like two specific scenes. Can you expand on those? Um, so Seattle... So Seattle has four public cabs, mm-hmm. which is weird. Okay. Like that's, I mean, it's sort of like there are some other cities and stuff that I get in like more public cabs, but usually what happens is that like there's one that starts it and then other bars go like, hey, we want none of this as well. And they pick mm-hmm. it up like afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like Seattle has for a long time just always had a lot of cabs. Mm-hmm. It started at Adderall, um, but like very quickly, like Jupiter, Coindexes, 
picked up cabs and then eventually like the icebox came in as well mm-hmm. um and started offering things so uh so seattle has like a lot of cabs and so it has like four different community nights which is just like you know right. the, hey on mondays it's icebox because it's free play tuesdays it's adible it's half price wednesday mm-hmm. jupiter half price and then coindex is on thursday like the bar gives like 50 bucks got it at yeah. the start of the night yeah um so this basically means that like Adderall, I guess, is like the main home cab, but then mm-hmm. there's also like Coindexes, like you live in Greenwood. It's like, yeah. it's kind of far from everything. Yeah. And there's a specific, like, there's a specific set of players who don't really move from Coindexes. Sure. They don't go to any of the other bars. Sure. Um, and then there's like also Jupiter because mm-hmm. it's in uh, Belltown. Right. It's also like very far from it's like it's Belltown is its own world, I guess. It's, yeah, it's I mean, like, like all the neighborhoods in this in this yeah, city are yeah. kind of own unique places. Yeah, yeah, but Bell, Belltown's like a downtown area, basically, right. and it's yeah. a, it's a it's a bit like a downtown area, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so then that has like some of its own players who don't really travel anywhere else as well. Sure. Um, and then there's this like the main layer of the scene though, just sort of travels everywhere. Like they'll go to like the different right. nights. Like some people go to almost all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, not all the time though. It's exhausting. How do you, how do you, as like as you described, a um, a scene mom? How do you build community, and what are the challenges you face when you're building this gaming community? Um. So, so building the community, um, there are there are like a couple of different things that works right here. One of them is just um, like having the community night structure, like sure. having like times where it's like, hey, people are going to play here come on down, you know, like weekly, you know, just come here, just play some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gets like some new people like interested in the game because like, it's like you, you have a spot, you have a space to play this when, sure. at, at this time. Um, the other one, the one that I usually prize is like events. Mm-hmm. And I like to split, uh, I sort of touch on this a little bit before, but I like to split mm-hmm. the events into two different things. One of them, SOS, yeah, open series. Right. It's like your competitive uh, what we call try hard sure. is the term we use it's like a try hard <laughs> tournament yeah where it's like you set your team up ahead of time yeah it's uh, a lot you, of planning and intention a lot of planning and attention sometimes people will practice yeah i, I never do and it's yeah. so hard to organize sometimes sure um but you know but it's like that's like and that's the ones those are the tournaments that like people from like portland uh, mm-hmm. come up to visit like we have like a few people got it already in um i'm playing with uh two people from portland today mm-hmm. uh and like that's like a scene that's existed for much longer so it mm-hmm. tends to have a lot of like uh, better players you yeah. know or more experienced players mm-hmm. uh, see i was catching up though um and and those ones are like yeah they're, they're tough like it's just going to be a straight double elimination it's going to be like intense it's going to like have like a nicer champion and it's very competitive then. it's much more competitive yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, like, so we tend to run those. We've settled into the structure, and it's kind of, like, accidentally, honestly, but it's, like, one month, uh, Seattle Open Series, and the next month is the Mixtape Series, mm-hmm. which uh, is just a cute name for a mixer, I guess, where right. it's, like, a draft tournament, so teams on set beforehand. Basically, we pick captains, and then we find a way to make, like, a snake draft happen. Like, the one that we did most recently was actually, like, a special event. It was a holiday party, but what I what I did, uh-huh. I don't remember if it was me or Tressa who had this idea, but it's a really good one, uh, was, like, we had everyone bring a Christmas card. Oh, okay. And then sign it on the inside, uh-huh. and then the captains um, just 
picked from the Christmas cards instead mm-hmm. of like picking our names. Oh, okay. In like a snake draft format. And it was really funny because I ended up being one of the captains. Yeah. And I managed to uh, fifth wheel myself. <laughs> okay. uh, I picked I picked up two different sets of couples. Yeah. Like completely accidentally. Right. Uh, one couple from Portland and this one couple, lovely people who were in mm. for the holidays from Alaska. Okay. So they're sort of like newer players and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and people who may not necessarily meet in the same place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it was just like it was a really weird coincidence. Right. And I was like, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um so what do you think from your perspective entices you and others to play this game? Can you speak from <clears throat> your experience as a member of this community? Yeah, I mean I so definitely with me, um there is the fact and I sort of alluded to this earlier that mm-hmm. like when when I started playing the game, like I was searching for community yeah you know like i was at the point where i was like i didn't really like have like too many connections you, you know? wanted to go back home so i wanted yeah. to go back home as yeah. well yeah i'm not sure where that would have led but yeah you know, but i but i was definitely like looking for something right you know and it just came along and like it's and for me like it's very much like happenstance like it happened to be at a time when it was like burgeoning where there were a bunch of other people who were like, this is exciting. Sure. You know, and uh, and one of the reasons exciting was because we were all very good at it because nobody was good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that's like the kind of thing that really works with the game, I think. It's uh, mm-hmm. the fact that it is, uh, it has like such a simple entry point. Like you mm-hmm. walk up, you hit a joystick, you hit a button. That's what you do. Right. And, uh, and it has like, an immediate sense of being part of like a multiplayer experience mm-hmm. and I, th- I think like with um unless you're like an individual sports player or something like you probably want to do things as teams because yeah like, you want that like experience of like working with people right. doing things for people you know i think it's like it's a very attractive proposition mm-hmm. And then, so you come up and just play this game, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like ensnares you that way, and right. um, and then it's like very simple. But then it also becomes like complicated, and right. then you start to want to get better at it. Yeah. And then that's what keeps on dragging you back. And then eventually, you realize that you're just like part of this like weird community that's just like <laughs> full of all these like creative people. Who yeah. Are just here for the jokes, and like they just want like a good time with you. And then right. like, and then. Um, when I when I started, it's really funny because like um, I was one of the first people to travel for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this classic moments in 2015. The first one is uh, KQ Five, the Chicago, the first Chicago Five was yeah. my 30th birthday tournament. Yeah, uh, we won. Um, nice, great time. Yes, um, always good to win on your birthday. Yes, in that exactly, way. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the but the creators, uh, Josh and Nick, yeah. uh, came to Chicago for that one because mm-hmm. like they loved like how like excited Chicago was about the game. So they mm-hmm. came to play in that tournament. And that's the reason why it became like such a big one really. Wow. And then but amazing. that but that year the classic moment is uh when Kickstarter New York mm-hmm. had like a private cap. Yeah. And they put out an open invite, open invite challenge to sure. anybody who wanted to uh come play. And a Chicago team went. Uh-huh. Um and almost got shut out because mm. Kickstarter started close they didn't say they were going to do this but they closed the doors oh and they were like they stopped letting people in and so nice. Chicago like <laughs> almost went to New York to not be able to play but yeah then they managed to argue their way in yeah and ended up winning it and how it's been That's told, impressive <laughs> well how it's been told is that like uh, Kickstarter would made like trophies and stuff mm-hmm. and you know I, I lived with uh, Andrew who was the queen who won mm-hmm. and uh, it's it was proudly on our windowsill like yeah. all the time but they 
the the story that it's told is like yeah they were completely sure that their trophies were not going to leave that building right <laughs> um, but it ended up actually being um chicago versus uh the brian kang team yeah um who were not part of kickstarter they were just part of like nyu in general sure in the final and then um a couple months later um the same team minus one person plus me went to portland mm-hmm. and then like traveled and then we won that tournament as well and had like the most amazing time and i love everybody there because yeah. of it um and and that was like the moment where like killer queen started to like break like nationally like before that we were like we were in facebook groups you know and we would like communicate with yeah. each other like that way little grassroots in that way right yeah. right and then now it was like and then the next one was like kq10 the mm-hmm. chicago tournament which was in october uh and then like the chicago people were like hey let's invite yeah. these other scenes let's invite new york and portland right and and we did and um it ended up being like a wonderful wonderful tournament so probably the best one i've ever been to yeah in terms of this like pure like electrifying excitement just mm-hmm. all these new people um and then portland ended up winning it um getting revenge for us beating them i guess <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah but at that point it was like okay now we travel yeah now we now it's like you know um you just if if you go to a city that has a killer queen cab you just mm-hmm. go like hey is anyone want to play games with me tonight? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Or they're yeah. like, hey, do you need a place to stay? Yeah. You know, that's the thing is that the community, like, oh. immediately is just like, you know, right. you play the game. Hey, are you? do you need, like, lodging? Do you need, like, food? Do you need like, recommendations? Like, people right. just, like, reach out immediately upon mm. finding out that you play this game as well. Yeah. And and it's like, it's kind of like that shared, shared insanity or something, you know? You're right. both, like, in this, like, weird obsession with, like, this 8-bit arcade game. Which is very engaging, but, yeah. you know, also kind of, like, simplistic. But, like, it's a community that's beautiful about it. Well, I mean, in the game is, you know, you're working in a team setting. I mean, you're already developing that community. You I, And I yeah. feel like the, the subtext, the kind of the hidden stuff is, like, you learn a lot about people yeah. playing the game. You yes. learn a lot about what kind of person they are, what kind of player they are. Like, I mean, do you, you feel do. like that's true? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote I'm gonna quote Andrew actually um, yeah. who came up with the great phrase uh, "Kill a Queen." It's uh, it's ten buttons and a million egos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a there was a time where I was starting to play the game, and, um, and I was obviously I don't know the player's name, and uh, but I I just was not our team was losing and they were getting very upset, like yeah, like slamming their hand uh, down on the sometimes. table, and I was just like wondering like. What what frustration and, and it kind of turned me off from playing the game because I was like, yes. dude, I'm just here to play. Like yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. like this isn't my livelihood. You yes, know. Yes. Um. So, from your perspective, like what and whatever you're comfortable disclosing, like what are some frustrations you have about the game, like the the community and relationship to the gameplay? Or I mean, it's it's basically that. It's yeah. like that frustration. Um. A lot a lot of that frustration. Like I mean, I get frustrated sometimes. Um. When like a team is like very stacked full mm-hmm. of like really great players yeah. and then like there's a, a few like newer players on the other side but then they just go like really hard you know mm-hmm. yeah um because so here's here's how here's how it goes like you if, if you have like a new queen mm-hmm. like um it's not just about not killing them because what can happen is like a new queen might not understand like the intricacies of gate control at all yeah so what might happen is that like uh, an opposition queen might say like well i'm not killing the other queen but what they do is they just control the entire map right and then don't allow anybody on the other team to like form warrior or anything Hmm. and then it's like you're not really like 
learning anything from that you sure. know and they also like if you have a warrior on the other side who's just trying to like learn the game mm -hmm. like it's my philosophy if i see someone who is is doing that to like if, if they die <clears throat> and if they try to attack or something then you know you got to kill them sometimes but yeah. it, it has to be like in the sense that okay i've played this game for like many more years than you yeah you're just learning this right now like i'm not going to just kill you and then not let you play the game you know right. it's like i'm yeah. gonna let you get back up form warrior again mm -hmm. see if you learn from your mistake like have mm -hmm. some more practice of it yeah. but it's a lot of people who when they get in the cab just sort of just try to crush everything right regardless of like opposition regardless of skill mm -hmm. level and i think that doesn't really benefit anybody in the long run right and it's it's been a controversial opinion sometimes honestly. yeah I've, I've gotten i've fought a lot i i will say actually like the moment that really like helped me understand this was actually um when uh when i brought my girlfriend into the scene a little mm -hmm. bit and then she started like talking about it and saying like this is kind of like hard to do if you're not one of the like regular people yeah and that's and, fair and I was like, and I, I mean, I, I'll admit it. Like, I was like a little bit ignorant. I didn't quite know like how my um, playing on like the other side yeah. would like impact other people and stuff. And I was just like, I, I would probably like sit in this mindset a couple of times of, oh, if I'm not killing the other queen, it's it's like fine. I'm like doing my bit, you know. Right. But sometimes it's about being more like actively helpful to people trying showcasing to showcasing some grace. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then mm -hmm. so she came in and pointed out a few things, and now it's just mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, I mean, I see what you mean. Like, yeah, I, right. I'm not trying to like stomp on anyone's fun, you know. So from mm -hmm. that moment, like having that fresh set of eyes, like mm -hmm. allowed me to see um, how demanding the community can be sometimes yeah. to someone just trying to step into it. And yeah. from that moment, like I've tried to as much as possible, like help people into it and help people become better. Right, and and. You know, something I notice when, you know, I you know, speaking of my anecdote earlier of that guy slamming the table is like, mm. it's like, are you playing this game for gameplay and like the, because you like the game or is, are you working something else out? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of what I notice sometimes. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, what, yeah. what else is going on here, man? Like, yeah. I mean, it's not you know, therapy. <laughs> you know, so, wait, sometimes, sometimes maybe, maybe just having a really bad day and that's, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> try, uh, just try not to take it out on anybody else. Right. So you were talking about this, you know, fostering this environment where you're being inclusive of yes. new players and, and, and players of any real experience type. Um, what advice or uh, would you give to somebody who's new to the game who wants to try it out? Maybe who's listening to this podcast is like, oh, mm. this sounds cool. I want to do this. Um, oh, God, that's such a good question. Uh, because <laughs> It's like, a kind of a big one, yeah. Yeah, because there's part of me that just says, like, um, the best thing you could do is is uh, hopefully try go with as many different other new people as possible. Sure. Like uh, to have, because like, um, so for example, like we were out at Adderball last night mm -hmm. and we had like lots of regulars. It's tournament tomorrow. You know? Yeah. Got one person from Portland and stuff. But there were like a lot of people who were just like very casual and they got like a lot of game time, yeah. you know? And like, if there are a lot of those people around, we'll step off, you know, and be like, you guys play. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're we're a different skill level right now. It's mm -hmm. it's not like a oh my god we're better than you thing. It's just like a, hey we played this game more than you, so it's a different experience. So you guys should just play. Right. Um. So it's good to have like as many people as possible. Uh. If that's not possible though, um. It's go to a community tonight and just say you're interested. Yeah. And just try get in. If 
if people if people seem like they're gonna like come back a mm-hmm. lot or mm-hmm. if people seem like they want to become involved mm-hmm. uh everyone gets really excited sure you know because seattle's like kind of like a small scene um so we could always use like lots more people right most scenes tend to coalesce into like a band of like 25 to 30 like mm-hmm. kind of like more hardcore regulars mm-hmm. and then some like other like people on the on, on, on another layer who's right, like yeah. a little less i mean i wouldn't say like 25 to 30 hardcore honestly more like 20 hardcore than like 15 to 20 like more the seasoned players yeah right. yeah yeah um and and then every scene could use more people basically and yeah. if you go there and like express interest and like um seem like you are going to be someone who's going to come back people will like genuinely be excited for you yeah and they'll genuinely want to teach you the game and stuff and sometimes they'll pay. They'll they'll something I know is that they'll pay. They'll be generous fiscally too. They'll pay oh yeah yeah pay absolutely well. absolutely. I mean it's really easy in Seattle though. Yeah, <laughs> this is like when when it started in Chicago it was the same thing. It was like fifty cents a side. And yeah. uh, I remember like days with uh, the aforementioned Espaza and George just like us at night. Yeah, just like uh, I had just throwing a bunch of quarters on, just being like, hey, come play, come play. You right, know? right. Uh, that's how we brought like Rachel into the scene. That was a yeah. good time, a good night. You know, and alcohol will probably be a good lubricant for yeah, this. Always, <laughs> always, yeah, yeah. So just too much. twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, absolutely. Uh, so it's easy in Seattle. It's much harder. Like eventually in Chicago, it changed to a dollar per side, and yeah. then everyone was a little more stingy with it. Then. Sure, sure. And in scenes where it is a dollar per side, mm-hmm. it's it's not as easy to do that. Gotcha. But in Seattle, like. Especially like on Tuesdays at Attaball, like uh, the happy hour is like seven to nine, mm-hmm. and it's like um, half off, so it's like whatever fifty cents a game or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and then everyone like before nine comes, will just be throwing like a bunch of dollars into yeah. the cab, and then it will be like over a hundred credits. Yeah, you know, and we'll just like play on that the rest of the night. Right. You know, Tell so me. it's like it's like yeah, yeah. Come on, come on Tuesdays, you won't have to pay. So we're nearing the end here. I just want to ask you a question, um, kind of spontaneous, but like, what do you say for, what do you say to the haters? Uh, hold on a second. Let me, <laughs> let me get my question. Um, what do you say to those who hate on gaming culture? Um, I think it's, I think it's a weird thing to hate on because it's just a, like, I, I understand. Okay. So there are things like Gamergate and stuff. Like I can understand people like hating on, the side of gaming culture that's kind of like steeped in misogyny or whatever but for the most part uh like games are like such a ubiquitous part of life right now that for the most part it's just people like having fun with their friends um and it just seems like there's no real reason to like uh, detest something like so thoroughly right or um to think of it as somehow like less uh no ennobling than like know, like sports culture or whatever mm-hmm. and that's just something that we just like accept as a part of life mm-hmm. uh gaming culture uh killer queen specifically has presented lots of inroads for people to like become part of a community mm-hmm. um like both uh, locally and nationally. Killer Queen's actually, like, one of the better communities in terms of, like, uh, say, like, LGBTQ plus issues, you know, in yeah. terms of, like... Uh, That's great. Um, supporting, like, uh, more progressive viewpoints. So, like, it's it's kind of, like, a nice place for that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's so inclusive of those. It's, ve- of, it's, of, it's of those groups, very yeah. inclusive for the most part. And there's, like, a lot of people... Um, who have been there's a lot of like women players who have been like very vocal about making sure that like women's rights were respected and like i respect like all of those people for that's that. great to hear um and then there's also some people who you know 
are like non-binary they're like queer and stuff mm -hmm. and like they're like pushing for their voices to be respected yeah uh all killer most um like the big killer queen tone like bummer bash um will always like feature like a preferred pronouns question nowadays and like that'll be like yeah. uh, put out yeah. put out everywhere so like it's it's a good community for that too yeah. so and it, and it feels uh, makes those folks feel safe and it also like normalizes yeah. i mean that's, i mean let's yeah. hope so yeah you know, it's, I, don't, uh, I don't want to speak to their experience obviously it's not mine right but, you know I, I would hope and i think they do yeah but you 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 tend to observe that that yeah that i think kind so. of dynamic um so Anything you want to plug? Social media, upcoming tournaments, events. Um, the uh, this will be released on March seventeenth. Yes. Um, yes. Anything coming up you want to um, talk about? So yeah, I mean our big one is the Emerald City Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is in June. Nice. We actually put it on at uh, Pax West last year. Oh wow! Well, we didn't put it inside. That's impressive. There. Not inside. Oh, there. oh okay. okay. At, the same, at the same time is what I mean. <laughs> It didn't work. Uh, oh. We, we hoped that we would get more people coming. But sure, like, yeah, sure. The people who from KQ who went to PAX just, yeah. just went to PAX. Right. And then maybe stopped in the bar afterwards. They didn't actually play in our tournament. Mm -hmm. So it didn't work out. Uh, so we're moving this to June next, this year. It's going to be June 6th. Mm -hmm. um, nice. And uh, it's going to feature an innovative new format, actually. Oh, okay. A format that um, I've... Uh, so it's basically like pinball rules. You know how, like, pinball tournaments? Have you mm -hmm. ever been in one of them? I've not been to a pinball tournament. So well, what they usually do is, like, um, there's, like, a brief, like, qualification period. Okay. And then they'll actually, like, split the tournament into, like, A and B, mm -hmm. you know? So it'll be, like, tournament A, like, if you finish, like, high up, you'll qualify for that. And then you also qualify for tournament B. And then that's, that's it. Like, you're just in a different tournament according to like uh, your skill level like pre-qualified for mm -hmm. so because seattle has like four cards but we can't move any of them mm -hmm. um i'm actually going to try something like that for mm -hmm. this year so it's going to be like uh i'm going to try to use the top eight uh format so it's okay. like the pools play will have like the top eight teams will qualify for like tournament A at one bar mm -hmm. and then the next eight teams will qualify for tournament B at, mm -hmm. the, at the, another bar mm -hmm. and then we'll see how many more we get. I'm really, I'm really excited for it um, because like I think it's going to speak to uh, what like various people get out of Killer Queen. You know, yeah. it's going to be like the best players can feel like they're going to go there and they're going to play against like the best teams right. and have that like intense competition. But then, like, the mid-range players who maybe are just, like, traveling more for fun, but also yeah. they're quite good, yeah. they're going to get, like, their own tournament. Mm -hmm. So they might get to, like, win, like, a major tournament for once, you yeah. know? Like, have, like, a better crack at it because they're going to be, like, more right. in their skill level, you know? So so I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a nightmare to run. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to kill me. That <laughs> but it's, it'll be but you love it. But I, I mean, I love it. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited for this one. For I mean, sure. that's why we do any of this stuff, right? Because we. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. So what? What's the Facebook group? If people want to um, join, just Killer or... Queen Seattle. Killer Queen Seattle. Yeah. Join um, up. And um and the um uh list the the barcades again that have cabs. Um. So there's Attaball okay. in Fremont. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Icebox, which is I guess also in Fremont. Maybe Freelot, I don't know. Yeah, it's, right, it's right. Isn't it's it like the, Fremont Ballard area? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's up, the, up the road area. from here, yeah. basically, from okay. where we are right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jupiter and Belltown, um, and Coindex is up in Greenwood, way up north. Great. Um, where we're going to today for Seattle Open Series number six. Very good. Cool. Paul, it has been a pleasure to talk to you and to learn more about Killer Queen and the Killer and the Killer Queen community in Seattle. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. For now.
Thanks again, Nate Sawtell, for reminding us at the top of the show to not be an old man with a shirt that says two-seater with arrows pointing up and down. Always a good reminder not to be a creep. Join us again next time as we talk to Pulitzer Prize-nominated and Obie Award-winning playwright Claire Barron. If you like what you heard, help us out by subscribing and leaving us a review. Find us at funhousefam.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at funhousefam where you can get all the updates for everything Funhouse events, auditions, artistic opportunities, and script submissions. Join us. See you next time. Goodbye. Party Fish Media Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.